just very quickly before we get into the episode, I want to say a huge thank you to two of our patrons over on Patreon who joined the Rainbow Parent level. Amazing. Thank you so, so much, uh, Jennifer and Toby. Clap, clap, clap. Amazing. Fireworks. Cheers. The crowd goes wild. If you too would like to be a rainbow parent, then head over to patreon.com forward slash the queer movie podcast. That's one of the perks over there. We also have other levels, including access to the discord and monthly movie watch alongs, lists of our recommendations of various queer movies. So if that sounds up your alley, check it out. Welcome to the Queer Movie Podcast, celebrating the best and worst in LGBTQ plus cinema, one glorious genre at a time. I'm Rowan Ellis and this is Hot Takes. In Hot Takes episodes, I'm joined by a guest who comes ready to go with three queer movie hot takes that they'll need to persuade me of in three arguments or less. I am very excited to have on the show, my friend, Connie Glynn. Woo! Hello. I hope you're all ready because chaos is coming i'm very excited connie is known for being the author of the extremely gay books the rosewood chronicles which do not get enough gay street cred as i think they deserve they don't it's like nobody knows it's gay and it could not be more gay but there are no heterosexuals in in the series which i didn't mean to do i just didn't have time to slot them in didn't have time to to find find the time they take up so much time those heterosexuals so yeah we are going to be going one by one through these hot takes do you have a specific order for these Connie that you would like to yeah okay so let's see let's see so some of these I would say are a little spicier and some I reckon okay everyone will agree with and it will take very little persuasion but that one's also kind of boring so let's just do that one first okay we'll get that one out of the way yeah give me the hot take honestly I I don't believe even as I'm about to tell you this hot take that this hasn't already come up Like, I think I'm just going to be preaching to the choir. Mm -hmm. And that is that Simon from Love, Simon, his friends are actually the worst. Okay, I'm pretend you we aren't on a Zoom call and you can't see my face here. Um, I gave nothing away. I was a steel trap. Um, Wow. Okay, what an interesting hot take. Would you like to take me through your reasonings? Because I don't already have an opinion about this. I'm sure this is totally out of the blue and nobody's ever thought of this before. Okay, so let's begin. We live in a world where for some people, coming out is really dangerous and can literally ruin their lives. And we have this boy, Simon, who is this very clean-cut American kid. He's very primed for the possibility that coming out could ruin his life. And then we have this guy who is literally blackmailing him. He's like, if you don't let me hook up with your friend, Abby, then I'm going to out you to the whole school. I'm going to like share these emails about you to the whole school. That is an extremely dangerous position for a young queer kid to be in. That like, come on, like not to get really deep. I don't know how deep you get on these podcasts, but people literally die over these things. And it all comes out later on that he was messing with his friend's lives, but like barely, barely. barely. Just a little nudge. Little a nudge. little, little tiny little. He was little. like helping this guy try and get with Abby, like giving him an info on like what she was into. And they're really mad at him. They're super mad at him, even though they know that he was being blackmailed, that he was literally being blackmailed. And this girl, Abby, he even came out to her earlier on. And she has this whole moment where she's like, I'm so glad you came out to me. I know what a big deal this is. Does she? Huh? Do you? And then- Do you, Abby? This girl, Leah, 
has the audacity to be upset because she had a crush on him. And it's like, oh my God, do you know how much this hurts me? Specifically that you're gay. It's Leah's story, really. We're all just, um, we're just living in it. <laughs> Leah's story. I hate it. And you know what? I expected when I saw this film, I was waiting for the moment when his friends realized like, oh, we have to actually be there for Simon. Like he's just been publicly outed and he has no friends. Like his life could be crumbling around him. Like our friend is should be put on suicide watch right now. Like this is a really precarious situation for a teenager to be in. But no, no, the big happy ending is that Simon realizes how cruel he has been to his friends and he apologizes and they accept his apology. Fuck this film. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck everything about it. So yeah, the, the spoiler that my face gave away was something that I'm pretty sure everyone who has listened to this podcast, even if they haven't listened to the Love, Simon episode that we did do, will know it's that I uh, don't like Love, Simon. I made a whole video about it on YouTube that was like my longest video at that point that I'd done because I was just possessed by the need to express how much I agree with this hot take essentially um, yeah. as like a big part of the reasoning why. Yes, agreed. I mean, you don't even have to go on any further, although please do if you have more ranting points about this movie and specifically this weird friendship. I do have more ranting points. Okay, you, you know what? You better believe I have more ranting. Points. I came in. I came in too soon with the agreement. <laughs> Pretend like I'm. I still need convincing. Maybe there's someone out there that still does. Go for it. So this has nothing to do with Simon's friends being evil. This is just stupid. This is just all round. Like what the hell? Come on. Bisexual people exist. The whole misunderstanding is that he thinks that cool guy could be blue the person he's been exchanging emails with who is the other gay guy at school who is not out mm -hmm. but he sees him kissing a girl so uh -oh. he's all out and it's then like a big like oh whoop but actually it's him um and the kissing a girl was a misunderstanding and it's like simon babe bisexual people exist like they're around you did not need to jump to that conclusion and i kind of hope that we would really have that moment where we'd be like, hey, you can't always assume someone's sexuality, like straight passing does not mean that someone is not LGBT. But we don't even, we don't even attempt to discuss that. Mm -mm. Do you know the wildest thing is, there's a sequel to the book of it at least called Lay on the Offbeat. Lay's bisexual. That's like a, that's oh, like a thing. come on, come <laughs> on. That's great news. I'm so happy, but like, wh what the hell? I'm going to have a sip of my drink. <laughs> Just a little, little sip. Her story, her being so upset about Simon not being into her and that being like this cruel thing. And she's really upset that he didn't come up to her first. And that's actually a great plot point. Like I'm all for that as a plot point because that could be a moment of growth for this character, Leah. And we could see that on the screen, like other people that have had selfish thoughts about other people's coming out journeys mm -hmm. could learn like, oh, I'm not the center of this and my feelings are actually kind of irrelevant. Yeah. We don't do that. We just don't do that. Because like, she doesn't have to be evil. I don't have to be pissed off at this character, Leah. I could see her growth, but I don't get to see her growth. So instead, I just do not like her. Mm, I, I agree that there's definitely... There was no reciprocity either. It was. It didn't even feel like there was a, I'm sorry. And I'm also sorry. It was very much, you're mm. right on Simon to be like, I am in the wrong. Truly, I've, I've just been so awful this entire time. If Simon was a bad person, fundamentally, there are so many other things he could have done to mm -hmm. make the blackmail 
like the blackmailer wanting to get with his friend. There's a lot of really bad things he could have done to make that happen. And instead he's just like, okay, well, I guess what if I just gave him a chance with you? Like, what if I just gave him some info? The thing that they're really mad at him for is that he told him to go hard or go home. So the guy does like a public proposal of romantic intent. Um, and this is humiliating for Abby. Almost as humiliating as getting publicly outed. It's like you should almost mm. understand how horrible that feels. Mm -mm. And you could both apologize to each other if you insist on having Simon apologize. But it's so weird the way it ends. And it is so much about his apology and him having to realize that he's hurt people. And there's never a moment when the friends are held accountable for their behavior. Why would they be? <laughs> you know what I want? I want, you know, the Mean Girls musical, there's that revenge mm -hmm. party. What I want is an alternate ending, which is a whole other movie where this happens and Simon's like, holy shit, my friends are the worst people on planet Earth. And he makes friends with like two other queer people at school and they orchestrate some kind of horrifying revenge. I here's the thing though Connie that would involve there being more than one queer person in a movie who gets any kind of like <laughs> presence or growth like there is another <laughs> queer character but there's them like him and Simon don't really interact other than in these very few situations which is like firstly when Simon's like basically he brings it on himself because he's so effeminate and then Simon being like humiliated in the lunch hall alongside this other queer student the one other yeah yeah and then them like sitting outside the office and simon not really having the conversation that that really like we actually want him to have with this student which is like hey uh sorry for the fact that i did nothing to support you this entire time uh i was going through my own shit to which the other student will probably be like fair enough like it is very tough and then Simon will be like but also I feel like maybe I had my own internalized issues because Simon also has this weird bit where he talks about he like has that fantasy dance sequence and then it, he cuts it short and it's like maybe I wouldn't be that gay ew like gross and you're like <laughs> Simon grow the fuck up oh wow there's like a lot of internalized homophobia but they kind of ignore that at the end like that's not really part of the issue at all it's mainly how much he needs to apologize to his straight friends and i'm like there were so many other interesting things going on within simon's like brain that could have been interesting to explore like internalized homophobia because even though he is this sort of middle class white gay guy who seems to have reasonably supportive parents it's still scary and there's still some stuff that you need to unpack within yourself if you live in a world where like homophobia exists that like that can be internalized even if it seems like you have a really easy coming out option but no they just they just didn't they simply did not so you agree i'm persuaded this first hot take <laughs> i know that you said that you you started on easy mode anyway yeah but i agree and i do I mean if anyone out there is like actually I disagree here is a logical uh, counter argument to Connie feel feel free to tweet the podcast about it because I'd be fascinated to, to see someone be wrong in our notifications yeah also if if you do want to defend love Simon you have to like come to my house and discuss it with me in person <laughs> you have to look Connie dead in the eyes and right. prove your point in my eyes well this is also fun because I do like me and Jazza have talked about uh, this movie and Jazza does agree with me but also Jazza had a very personally invested experience within this movie and we have talked about this on podcast before but I would feel remiss if I didn't remind everyone that 
both of us saw this movie together. Me and Jazza saw this movie together for the first time at the BFI in London. And Jazza cried so hard that I essentially had to bury him in his jacket and his coat. Wait, tears of joy? No, tears of, I don't even, I think it was during one of the coming out scenes, but like the scene ended and Jazza was still sobbing. And so in an attempt for him not to die of embarrassment, we had to stifle his sobs <laughs> with his jacket. <laughs> And wow it was like onto a fun scene and everyone else was laughing and jazza was just like breathing heavily underneath this coat beside me in in the bfi and the south bank i think the only film that's ever happened to me with was coco i mean that's that's i a, thought i was gonna have to call an ambulance i was like i can't breathe i'm this. crying so much somebody get me an ambulance i'm in pain this grandma she's singing you're crying that much oh no, she wasn't. She was dead. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers for crying. Coco. Uh, Julia, feel free to cut the spoilers for Coco because I, I believe people should see that movie un unhindered by Connie's, <laughs> Connie's thoughtless spoilers on this podcast. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, well, you've persuaded me of point number one. It wasn't a difficult challenge for you, but you did do it. But I would, I would yeah. love, in that case, to go on to number two, to go on to this second... Oh, don't worry. This one is... Is, is it spicy? Is it a spicy one? Tumultuous. I will say. Okay, that's a that's a <laughs> Honey, exciting word to hear. Don't come in. <laughs> okay, so I didn't know how to write this down mm -hmm. as as a hot take. Okay, it's like it's like three hot takes in a trench coat. Okay, I have titled this hot take as "Queer Joy Has Gone Too Far." <laughs> Already. I'm fascinated. The storm is hitting me. It's, it's, I'm in the tornado. Continue. Okay, so we have like a history, a deep, terrible history of queer coded evil characters. Yes. And then we never see them actually do anything explicitly gay. Was never like a guy sucking off another guy. I don't know what rating this podcast is, by the way. Well, you can, it's fine. We just, we we swear on this podcast. We've talked about. <laughs> okay, amazing. Jazza is, Jazza is trying to convince me to do an episode where the thick, because we go like by genre. So it's like queer horror, queer comedy. He really wants to do queer porn as one of them. So that's the, that's oh, the Oh, I will be there. You can be the special guest on that episode as I've well. I've actually never watched porn in my life. What's okay. porn? I've never, I don't know what it is. This is. It's actually really funny. I'm watching Connie right now and like Pinocchio style, Connie's nose is growing to just extreme lengths. As in the background, just a load of fan fiction tabs start opening <laughs> frantically in the screenshot. Hey, hey, I didn't say I didn't read porn. <laughs> you know what? On a technicality, correct. Okay, so queer, so, okay, we had a load of queer coded villains who didn't suck dicks. Yeah. We have a history of queer coded villains who didn't suck dicks. Thank you. Or they didn't eat pussy, whatever you want to go with. Or both, you know. So we've had what I believe to be a response. The response to this has been that you mustn't do it, that you can't have these queer-coded evil characters. I would argue that we should actually lean into the queer-coded evil character. And I would like them to be explicitly gay and also evil. And instead, the recent trend is these like kind of floofy, queer joy which like has its place and I'm totally for it. And a lot of it is very lovely, but it's not sexy and it's not filled with tension and it's not really giving the people what they want. Like, where is my queer Damon Salvador? 
Where is my queer spike from Buffy? Do you see what I mean? You know what? I completely see what you mean. I feel like the queer villains actually allow them to be queer. It's a great one. And I think that what's so weird about this one is because the aforementioned idea of like you have one queer character in something and then a load of straight people. It's like that worry of, I guess, from filmmakers or writers, like, oh God, if we make the one queer person a villain, that's like really bad because it's meant to be saying something. Here's your solution. Just make everyone else gay as well. Uh Mm Uh-huh. And then you can lean into it. You can have your evil character. Because let's be real, all of us who grew up reading teen fiction, we like it when the love interest is like, kind of spicy, you know, Mm -hmm. a little bit of a bad kid. And we just don't get that in queer stories, in cinema and books, I would even say. And I do always think that one of the problems is that a lot of, um, for lesbians specifically, lesbians in queer joy, TV shows and movies, they're usually in a relationship already. Mm. Or it's just about like the two lesbians that there are. So you never get this kind of sexual tension. You never get kind of like the mean asshole lesbian character. You never get somebody to pine over like these girls got to pine over like Damon and Spike. Mm. I feel like they don't make them villains. They just kind of make them annoying. Like if they're going to do anything, Mm. it's like, look at this annoying lesbian going on about burning her bra or like something like that. Just like one of my favorite films of all time does do this, which is Pride, where it's just a bit like, the lesbians if they're not like completely perfect lovely people are just kind of annoying and so I yeah I feel like having this I'm trying to think of like examples that we have of explicitly I mean for those who have watched the listen to the they them uh episode of this podcast which is I again truly whatever else you think about that movie an iconic title they slash them for a slasher a queer slasher. slasher movie yeah chef's kiss that's got queer villain energy on it do revenge uh, which I don't know if you have watched. Yeah, yeah, I've watched. Is kind of like attempting to get to that area a little bit, but I feel like didn't, for my taste, go hard enough into the... Yes, I agree. They didn't go hard enough because if they'd really leaned into her being this like super evil villainous character and then the two of them being perfect for each other and not in a like, because we're best friends way. <laughs> we're, we're like evil soulmates, evil revenge getting queer soulmates would have been and then and then you have this like lesbian power couple that like young lesbians can be like oh my god like I wouldn't be into this in real life but it's such a fantasy for me like these kind of toxic girls who could like have me wrapped around their finger and be like mean to me badass vibes you know it's fun that fantasies like that are fun Mm -hmm. Jennifer's body arguably has that energy yeah that's a great point which is that whole movie is yes queer villain energy with tongue-in-cheekness to it but I I agree with like when as soon as you like a queer spike I was like oh man you're right like Mm. that kind of toxic love interest like heartthrob character who's allowed to have that kind of nuance and be kind of a bit of a an asshole about it yeah this is making a lot of sense this is all this is all adding up I'm on my little I'm on my graphic calculator just doing some sums and it's all adding up to me yeah these are the kind of things you usually have to go to fan fiction for because people just aren't putting it in popular media but this is what we want we want a toxic sexy (laughs) person in there I love it's like Connie and Rowan endorse toxic 
romantic love interests. Please. I think everybody knows this about <laughs> this me. Is... My biggest ship is Sauron and Morgoth. This is very, yeah. Un, for anyone who knows Connie, completely unsurprising. But also kind of fun because as we mentioned before, Connie is the writer of some very sweet um, middle grade. I say yeah, sweet. Yeah, I mean, mine are full of queer joy. Yeah. So even I... But you also, but everyone's gay and so the villains are also gay. So it's... Exactly. It all works exactly. out. Exactly. We have a character who I wrote very specifically as the stand-in for the fact that I couldn't find in any other media these kind of like slightly toxic, but also like fun, hot, queer love interests. My cat is screaming in the background. My cat is screaming, yes! <laughs> in agreement. <laughs> and, and in case everyone's like, wow, I can't believe that Connie wrote this toxic love interest. Such a There is also a scene in which these girls like fully kiss in a cloud of powdered sugar. If you are wondering how sweet the other end of the spectrum got, that feels like the highest level of sweetness you can get, to be honest, in a, in, in a sweet factory. In a sweet factory. But also, to be very clear, my like toxic, you can't see me, but I'm doing like inverted commas. Air quotes. Uh, my toxic love interest, he's all about consent. The like big moment with him is that he asks for permission because it's like... I want you to have this fun queer character to pine over, but I also want you to understand what is actually okay and what is not. <laughs> what the level of toxic we're talking about here yes. is. Just like, I want you to be evil with me, but like, I want you to to want to be evil with me. Like, I want you to come to the dark side, but like in a way where you know what you're getting into. Love that. Absolutely. I feel like this makes a lot of sense. Do you have any examples of queer media where you were like, you just other than I guess do revenge which you've just talked about like this is what it needed like this was you just need to push it a little bit farther or if only we had like had a queerness within this relationship it would have it would have made much more sense Shigo from Kim Possible which is so embarrassing to say because like everybody always was like Shigo my first quick crush like blah 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 has anyone had an original thought in their life but she is so prime she's like very sarcastic she's got that like femme fatale energy and if she had been gay I would have realized a long time ago that I was a lesbian. <laughs> that's fair enough. I feel like that's, I, I made a video on my channel a while ago that was like children's characters who should have been gay. And like, as soon as I talked about it, every single comment was like, she go better be on this list. Like before they'd even watched it, they were like, I can already predict. I know what's going on here because you're absolutely right. That was such a, already people were crushing. So it just yeah. kind of would have made sense. That tension between her and, and Kim. Old Kimmy, Kimmy Post. Oh, Kimmy. Well, that's what she calls it. She calls her Kimmy. Oh, God, it's it, all, great. it all just makes sense. Yeah. But I have one more because mm -hmm. it's the autumn season and okay. everyone is rewatching Gilmore Girls. Another, like, kind of slightly toned down version that would have been perfect was Paris. And I always mm. felt when I was watching Gilmore Girls that Paris should have been a lesbian. She has such, like, power lesbian energy. Mm -hmm. And if, I could live in the alternate universe where Paris gets to be one of Rory's love interests because some of Rory's love interests are toxic anyway. Yeah. So I just would like to have seen that. I would like to have seen them have a moment. That makes total sense. And I think also, I guess like a, to me, I guess similar energy is um, Elle in Legally Blonde and the love <sighs> interest, like the secondary love interest for her ex for Warner's ex, like Vivian, that makes sense to me. Vivian, yes, I was. I one hundred percent would have gotten on board with all with that happening. 
just L being bisexual in general, chef's kiss. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it would be such an easy one to edit because they do that thing where they have the kind of the little narrative written. Bit at the end, just like... You know what I mean. Vivian and L just got together. Don't question it. The end. They realized they were soulmates. Mm -hmm. It just makes sense. I think most queer girls, and honestly, I think even straight girls understand or have had the experience of a really intense female friendship like a really intense especially when you're like at school and you see this girl every single day and you have sleepovers with her and you like I feel like so many people have this experience which then makes so much sense on screen to me that it can go a various different ways and one of the ways is that really intense slightly obsessive toxic like we are everything to each other style queer romance that could absolutely veer into the villainous as much as it could veer into the very sweet couple who just really are like an old married couple from the moment that they meet so I think it just it's just realistic you know it is and also I don't know how common this is with other lesbians but with those really intense best friend friendships it's almost like you look back at some of them you're like we were like kind of toxic. We were like too intense. Like maybe we were really mean to each other. I think that's, maybe that's just you. Uh, but I appreciate your candid honesty on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll save this one for my therapist. <laughs> but I do, I like, I'm convinced. I feel like we have the space for bubblegum, cute, sweet, cotton candy, queer joy storylines. But also let the gays be evil sometimes as well. Thank you. I'm glad I could convince you of Let this. Let us be the super. Although I will say if Marvel decide to make their fucking first big old gay character a supervillain, that does seem very on brand. And that supervillain will probably be dead by the end. So thanks. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Marvel, for that in advance. That feels... And Disney as well. Their first Disney prince, gay Disney princess is in fact evil that that seems like it that tracks oh i'm kind of into that so we've got like but as long as this evil character ends up with the disney princess oh you know what isn't that basically the plot of ray and the last dragon <laughs> don't even get me started ray and the last dragon like i was watching that film with my mom and we're both just looking at each other like what the hell like when are they gonna kiss that's gay that, you know what? Mm -hmm. That That is the perfect example of this, of like, we have this really intense female friendship when they were younger, and then we have this like character who's been driven to villainy by her like conformity to her society and her family, and now is coming back for revenge, and, and then they kiss. It's almost like these characters actually exist, and if there'd been one queer writer in the room, or if queer people were They'd allowed to actually it. say anything then we would have had this already and we wouldn't be discussing it in a podcast. There we go. At this point in the podcast, I just wanted to thank Squarespace for sponsoring us. Very exciting. Um, if you're looking to build a website for yourself or your business, then Squarespace is an all-in-one place to do uh, basically all of it. Like you can build the site, you can set up an online shop, you can connect with your audience. We use Squarespace to make the Queer Movie Pod website, if you've ever had a little peruse at that. But I am particularly proud of my own website, which was also made on Squarespace. Because I've never relaxed a day in my life, I have a ton of projects 
projects and social platforms, things like that. Um, and so Squarespace not only lets you link to different pages and to your social media, but also connects them specifically so you can display posts from your social profiles on the site. There's also really good analytics and insights that can help you to grow your brand. So if you need to figure out like, where are people even finding me? Like, where are these sales coming from? That stuff you can do in their analytics or like what keywords are being used to find me, which is if anyone's done any kind of marketing stuff knows, extremely useful and they also have really exciting features like a donation function so you can encourage donations on your site for a cause that you care about which I'm hoping to enact on my website very soon I am absolutely not a tech person like zero knowledge about technology in this empty brain of mine so when I'm looking to build a website I need something that's going to be super easy Turns out Squarespace has a bunch of different like ready to go designs, formats, templates that you can use, including making sure that the website doesn't look like actual trash on mobile, which is uh, harder than it looks if you're trying to build a website from scratch. So if that sounds like something that you might find useful, check out Squarespace at squarespace.com forward slash queer movie for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, you can use offer code queer movie to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We also want to say a huge thank you to the Buttersigenics company who, amazing that we have a black and queer owned business sponsoring the podcast. I am so excited about this. So essentially, um, this is an affordable, very luxurious vegan brand. They make handmade products for like your skin, your hair, your body, your bath and your bedroom. Oh, hello. It is owned by Jerome Nichols, who is a black gay autistic guy who started the company because he wanted better products for better prices. And also uh, is, is the owner slash maker, so makes these products as well. And the prices are great. So every single product there is between $5 and $25. There's a ton of like value packs to save even more, free shipping on orders over $40. And they're currently running their biggest sale ever with 35% off orders, like sale and clearance included but that's only running for a few more days so hop on that the kind of thing you can expect anti-aging face oil with hemp seed and red raspberry seed oil curly leaving conditioner with grape seed oil and vitamins moisturizing bath bombs incredible body butter with shea butter aloe vera if you'd like to check out some of these products then you can go to getthebutters.com or check out get the butters on instagram youtube tiktok and twitter and yes i know you know that I mentioned the bedroom earlier and you're like Rowan why are you just talking about conditioner and bath bombs and anti-aging oil when you mentioned the bedroom and you're not going to expound on that I am right now uh they are potentially best known for their line of lubes uh, over 200,000 units sold so if that is up your alley you can also check that out on their website so if you would like to support both us the podcast but also an amazing black and gay owned business then check out getthebutters.com and finally, if you have been listening to this podcast so far and you're like, I really love what's going on here. I want more of this, but I have listened to the entire backlog of the Queer Movie podcast. Well, let me introduce you to another podcast from the Multitude Collective, Spirits. Spirits, as I've said before on this podcast, was the Multitude show that I listened to first. It was my gateway, my gateway into Multitude. It's amazing. It is hosted by the wonderful Amanda and the amazing Julia who edits this very podcast. It is essentially like a cross between a history and a comedy podcast with some storytelling in there. And it talks about everything folklore, mythology and the occult 
love it, but specifically through the lens of the hosts and their guests. So that might be through the lens of feminism, queerness, adult, like modern adulthood, modern life, incredible stuff. Every week they tell stories, they dig into mythology, they do a ton of research, they tell like listeners stories, which is some of my favorite episodes of like weird folklore legends in their towns. Over drinks, spirits get it, it's got a double meaning iconic and that includes like everything from mythology that you've never heard of before to things that maybe you think you're familiar with like werewolf mythology but looking at it from you know cultures that you maybe not have heard their specific werewolf legends and the good news is if you are looking for a podcast to to dive into they have over 300 episodes released over the past six years and you don't have to have you know listen to them in order you can go through check out the titles see what kind of vibes with you there is like so much to enjoy in this podcast whether you want to analyze mental health in mythology or listen to some creepy modern ghost stories i highly recommend you dive in at spiritspodcast.com or search for spirits wherever you download your podcasts Well, there we go. I'm, I mean, I'm convinced of that second one. So I feel like we can go on to the finale. I don't know oh, yeah. whether this is the, the spiciest take. Is that what you've left till last? It's a take. Okay. It's a take. It's something I have taken from my mind. Excellent. I mean, that's why we came up with this format, honestly, just to have some unhinged vibes as well as well thought out points. This podcast exists. This podcast was created for this moment okay okay give it to me you guys can't see the eyes that i'm making it right the crazy faces that i'm seeing it's also great because <laughs> since we started recording the sun has gone down and so connie is also just in the darkness i actually am the the evil queer coded character that tv warned you about yeah I, I didn't want to say it but it essentially what what that second take was i just want to see myself on screen from connie which i also respect so uh this last one and it's not just a personal preference. Mm -hmm. I'm going to preface by saying that. I genuinely believe that this would be better for all people involved. Okay. Edward Cullen should have been played by Kristen Stewart. I would like to just very quickly ask a clarifying point. Would she also have been playing Bella? No. Okay. <laughs> that felt important to ask. <laughs> That's a really good question. I'm glad you asked it. <laughs> I just like to understand the full scope of the hot take before I get to the questioning. Okay, so so explain what you've just brought to the table. So, Edward Cullen, I don't know how familiar people are with Westerns, but he has a real cowboy energy to him. He's a recluse, he's kind of lived alone. It's always part of his identity, is that even though he would quite like to form relationships, he feels the burden of his like lonesome soul. Mm -hmm. and that he must be alone because he's a rambling man yeah he is doomed to this life this is a very cowboy approach to life and it's like a common thing that is addressed within cowboy movies mm -hmm. westerns so so can i just quickly say so far you've made a very good argument for why twilight should have been a western i'm waiting for the for the bit of this argument that then brings christian stewart into it so please Please continue. I'm I'm sold already on a totally different hot take, but I'm 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 back in it. Kristen Stewart is a fucking cowboy. She is a fucking cowboy. She is not a demure girl. She's not a sweet little girl who needs saving. She's not the 
project yourself onto me love interest. She is a fucking cowboy. If you've ever seen an interview with her where she's like driving her car and she's like holding a cigarette and she's chatting and flirting with the person she's talking to, but in a way that gives you a sense that she is this like distant soul that you cannot really engage with. She's Edward Cullen. She's Edward Cullen through and through. Her as a human being, she is more Edward Cullen than Robert Pattinson will ever be able to understand. So, okay, here's here's the thing. I don't disagree with this. <laughs> and I would go so far as to say that Bella Swan feels a lot of emotions under the surface, doesn't necessarily feel them on the surface. Outsider to this town. I don't see a reason why Robert couldn't play Bella. <gasps> I've seen that boy in the behind the scenes of Harry Potter. He notoriously like didn't speak to anyone. Like they, he just like sat in a corner awkwardly and no one really, they were just like, I don't know, I guess Robert's in this movie. And I truly feel like that's Bella Swan energy. So he's I, Bella Swan. I think he's Bella Swan. And I think she's Edward Cullen. Yeah, they, they got it the wrong way round. Like the fundamental issue with these films is that they cast these characters the wrong way round. This is genius. This is the gender swap of it all. Although if we did go with it being a, a queer movie where Bella is played by a girl, uh, who are we thinking works as an option? Alongside her. Alongside. See, now this is a great, this is what I, I stay up all night thinking about. Like who should have been Bella Swan in my superior Kristen Stewart Edward Cullen universe? Yeah, I'd be disappointed if you hadn't stayed up all night thinking about this. I alternatively will allow you to give me an offer of who could play Edward if Robert was playing Bella. I mean, obviously they could all just be bisexual and that would still be a queer movie. But if we were casting two girls slash two boys slash some non-binary people involved, what are we thinking? Holy shit, there's so many options. So who is my okay. like gay Edward Cullen? Who's, who's my, my gay Edward Cullen? Who's my gay cowboy Edward Cullen? Oh, I don't know. How old is Edward? He's like 20. Edward the... Oh, I don't actually know when he... Oh, no. I'm really hoping that he... I, I don't know why thinking, oh, if he died when he was 18, that makes it any better that he's like 300 years old. Uh -uh. Like, oh, yeah, it's fine. As long as his body's out of a nubile teen. It goes back around. It goes back around. It goes back around. Once you hit like 150 years old, it's okay again. <laughs> That's just vampire lore. That's how it works. In That's fact, the logic. older you get, the more the, okay The better it is, it is sure. Like 2,000 years old, absolutely okay. No one is arguing with that. I'm literally, I'm literally like, what if I just Google cowboy actors? And I'm like, I don't know if that's going to be a... If I just search gay cowboy actors, um, I don't think it's going to give me what I need. Um, you know what I would love? Mm. I would love Twilight, but it is... Uh... Mark Hamill is Bella Swan. Yes. Come on, you can fill in the blank. The, wait, Harrison Ford? Yeah. Oh, no. You're correct. <laughs> Did you just invent Star Wars? Did you? I think you just invented Star Wars. I think I just improved Star Wars. <laughs> That's, you, you know what? You're not wrong. That makes complete sense. There's too many of these, too many of these, uh, you know, these, young up-and-coming actors have sociable charisma. You know what I mean? Tom Holland's never going to be an Edward or a Bella. No. That boy has so much, too much light behind his eyes. But Zendaya, Zendaya could be an Edward. Oh, yes. That's annoying though. We need a Bella. 
We need to find Why is Bella so hard to cast? I think Bella's hard to cast because everyone read that book and just imagined themselves as Bella. That's fair. Oh my God. Uh, Are you playing Bella alongside (laughs) Bella Swan? I genuinely think I would be the worst Bella Swan in the whole world. (laughs) Like, if you put me in that situation where I met a vampire, I would just be like, Are you fucking kidding? Bite me right now. (laughs) (laughs) No restraint. Absolutely zero. I would have joined the Volturi. I would have been like, I want to wear one of these sexy velvet outfits. Oh my God, I love it. This, I mean, like, you. Do, I don't know whether you had any other points for this take or whether it was just vibes. I mean, I feel like the point I wanted to make was that Kristen Stewart is a should cowboy. have played Edward Cullen and that she's a cowboy. I'm not even one of these, like, hardcore Kristen Stewart fangirl lesbians. I think like, yeah, she's cool. She's hot. She's awkward. She's weird. She's a fucking cowboy. She's not for us. She's for the road. (laughs) This was like so a long way round to make that point. Like you could have just been like, I think like Kirsten Stewart should play a cowboy, like should be cast as a lead in a Western. Like that would have, or alone. I really respect that you just like took this point so hard all the way around the houses. Incredible. Because also, yeah, now now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, I would 100% watch a Western. I mean, like, I would not watch a Western for basically any other reason other than it being gay. Let's be real here. Oh, I've got some news for you. Because, oh, okay. Um, a lot of Westerns are extremely queer coded. In which case? Have you heard about her Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> have, you, have you ever heard? I did just Google Christian Stewart cowboy and there is an incredible image of her with a cowboy hat mm. photoshopped on. I was really hoping that it was gonna come up with like a Christian Stewart cast in a cowboy movie. No. Wasn't there a movie where she played like that female serial killer, that murderer? Um, Yeah, it is called, it's like a one, it's the name Something of the- Something gave her mother, Lizzie Borden. That's the one. Yeah, what happened to that? So she so she did do the villain thing. She did do the sexy villain thing. She did She did like your second hot take. Mm-hmm. That's the range, the range that she has. Come on, Kristen, I want to see you in a cowboy movie. You've done vampire, you've done murderer, you've done like weird art house film. The only thing left is cowboy. Surely, would you for a renaissance? I mean, I guess she's giving me cowboy in her day-to-day life. Yeah. And you know what? That's enough for us. We don't want to press you into making those kind of uh, career decisions. Kristen, as I'm, uh, we know that you're listening to this, obviously, lo- long-time listener, first-time caller of the show, Kristen Stewart, coming to a guest episode soon. I can only dream. If she does a Western, I too will be coming. <laughs> hey! For the, for the benefit of the general public i'm shaking my head in shame uh, on this call and i'm raising a bottle raising of soju. raising your glass i mean that yeah that's i think you i think this was a f- clean sweep this was a ding 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 for all three of these hot takes and you this was very good because i did send you a list of all of the hot takes and there were already some on that list that you were into so you've like pulled so many hot takes out you you had them so ready to go which i knew immediately as soon as i invited you would would there would not be a problem with you having hot takes. It was just which one you were going to choose. And I think you chose very I know, well. There were too many. There were so many to choose from. I'm not going to lie. I actually forgot I was doing this podcast until I messaged you earlier being like, I don't think I have a microphone. Just trying to get out of it. And I was like, good, <laughs> nice try. But unfortunately, we got we to gotta record these episodes to give to Julia to edit or it doesn't go out. 
and that's not an option. Yeah, I just, um, I really pulled these out of my hot take ass. Uh, they, you did very well. My hot ass take. You're Thank good, you. yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled. Thank you so much. Do, what do I win? <laughs> um, absolutely nothing. Um, you, there is no prize other than just a sense of having power over me and that you managed to persuade me of something. And I think that that sense of power should be enough for you. That seems like the kind of thing you'd be into anyway. So thank you very much, Connie, for joining this nice and chaotic hot takes episode. They always are. Except weirdly, Alex's, I feel like Alex's hot take episode was very logical, which is bizarre because Alex is the most chaotic person that I can think of. He does the are they gay videos on YouTube. Yeah, I know, even more chaotic than you, somehow. <laughs> that is it, everyone, for another episode of the Queer Movie Podcast. Please let us know on the socials whether you agreed with these hot takes, slash if you are a supporter of the Patreon on the Discord. Uh, love to hear about it. And see if you can persuade me back again to disagree with these, to, di to disagree that Christian Stewart is a cowboy, because I would love to hear the the very logical arguments for and against if you've enjoyed the episode then please make sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast so you're primed for our next one of these uh bits of nonsense on the podcast app of your choice and as i said consider following us on patreon because uh, we do some cool stuff over there including monthly queer movie watch alongs on our discord and you can also follow the podcast on twitter and instagram for some behind the scenes content as and when uh jazza and i remember to do so Thank you so much for listening. The Queer Movie Podcast is edited by Julia Shafini. We're also part of Multitude Productions, which has a lot more amazing sibling podcasts to ours that you should definitely check out. Make sure you follow and subscribe to the podcast so you are primed for our next episode. Thank you so much for listening and hopefully you will hear from us very soon.